Good evening, everybody. Let's all uh, let's all stand. We'll start off with a word of prayer. Brother Bob, would you open some prayer, please? Amen. Let's all take your hymn. Let's turn to hymn number 81. Hymn number 81, we'll receive Christ.
So I'll take your hand. We'll turn the hand on 101. Hand number 101. Jesus never fails.
So, um, Brother Chuck and Miss Crystal are not here tonight. They had alumni days down at uh, Heartland, and he had asked if they could go be a part of that, and so uh, they're down there for that, and they'll be home tomorrow, and so you might pray for them as they travel home. Also, have a letter I'd like to share with you, and it concerns our uh, very own Pam Quinlan. Uh, so it's entitled, uh, Dear Pastor Metzinger, this letter is to inform you of Pam Quinlan's recent decision to change her status to retired. John and Pam were approved as missionaries to the Philippines in May 1978. As you know, Brother John died to complications from COVID-19 on September 17, 2021. Pam has been seeking God's direction in her life, which has included obtaining advice from her sending pastor her family, and myself. As a result, Mrs. Quinlan has now come to the decision to transition to retired status as a BBF missionary on October 31st, 2022. The missions office will continue to serve her as well as process her continued support. I highly recommend that you continue your support of Pam out of respect for her faithfulness to serve alongside her husband for 43 years in the Philippines. As she says in her letter, she will continue to minister to the people in their churches through Zoom uh, video sessions and written lessons for training. As you can imagine, this has not been an easy decision for Mrs. Quinlan to make, and we respect her for diligently considering all options as she continues serving the Lord. Her desire is that the people in their churches continue evangelizing, discipling, and starting churches as a result of training they received through the years. God has used the Quinlans to start and build thriving ministries. Please pray for Pam as she makes a transition 
back to the U.S. We love her, appreciate her, admire her steadfast spirit, even though difficult times she has faced in the past year. With you in the harvest, John Connor up. I'd sent this letter. Uh, I'm writing this letter as Pam Quinlan's sending pastor. First, I want to say thank you for allowing her the opportunity to take time, pray, and seek the Lord's leading about her future. It gave her time to grieve the loss of her husband and to get guidance from many of her mentors. She has expressed to me that she feels love the Lord to retire for now. Her retirement will include continued ministry interaction with the church there in the Philippines, the new pastor and wife, Brother Eliezer and Jean Bunghall, love Pam and are very wise to continue to use her to impact lives over there. I do want to express a personal concern that I see as Mrs. Quinlan's pastor. She has no Social Security, which means that without her continued support, she has no income. Uh, they faithfully served the Lord for 43 years in the Philippines and could never have foreseen Brother John's homegoing. Would you and your church prayerfully consider continuing to support her? Thank you for your years of support, prayer, and love serving in Shawnee Kevin L. Metzinger. So I'd like to make a motion that we continue to support Miss Pam like we have all these years, and uh, we'll just see her a lot more, okay, for a while until God will probably lead her to do something else. But for now, this is where she's going to be. She's going to retire. Uh, for the last month, she's been back east with a son, and um, helping in some ministries back there, uh, but she'll be back here the end of November or the end of October, and uh, then should kind of just settle in and be with us for a while. So I'd like to make that motion. Is there any discussions about it? Okay, second then. All right, uh, brother Bob, brother Scott, all in favor? Good, hearty, amen. Anyone opposed? All right, you continue to pray for Miss Pam. I know it's been very difficult for her. And, uh, you know, Brother John was in that era that Jesus was coming. I've got several friends like this now. Jesus was coming, so don't worry about paying in Social Security. Jesus will be here. And uh, I remember when I went to work for Brother Bush, I asked him, I said, what about Social Security? He goes, you need to pay it. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you need to pay it. He goes, it's the cheapest insurance you'll ever have if you die and leave uh, Cindy with the kids, it's the cheapest insurance that you can you can get her for that. And so um, through his wise counsel, I'm going to have some Social Security. Hopefully, hopefully it'll still be there, right? That's what we all hope for. <clears throat> but um, but uh, Brother John uh, never paid Social Security, of course, being out of the country as much as they were. And then their threshold of income was so low that it would it would probably be a very non-significant uh, anyhow. So pray for Miss Pam. In visiting with Brother Connor up, he said, uh, normally what happens is uh, about a third, um, maybe a quarter, maybe a third, will immediately stop supporting her uh, just because she's retired. They don't really weigh in as to that she needs the money. It's just their policies. And uh, then she, he said, um, about six to eight years, another quarter will fall off. So, uh, you know, Miss Pam's still young, and so uh, she'll be getting some type of a job, and uh, then she'll be getting uh, about $1,600 a month uh, from the BBF of support that she uh, has received from them. And uh, so you just pray for her, okay? And uh, we'll love on her and encourage her. as She has been a faithful servant to the Lord all these years. 
and uh, we sure thankful for all the ministries that's been started there in the Philippines as a result of their faithful following the Lord. All right, so we're in chapter 40 through 42 tonight. Uh, for those who normally are not in here, we're going to try just to give a brush over. Uh, we've got eight points tonight, two major chapters. Uh, so I'll be giving you a lot of verses and some points, and you can write those down, and then spend some time going back and uh, reading and studying through that. I also want to mention that if you've been on the journey of a lifetime, hopefully you've been reading through the New Testament, boy, it's coming to an end. I mean, it's, it's right there. It's right in sight. And uh, so hopefully you're uh, finishing that and been faithful to it. Uh, it'd be exciting uh, to be able to finish that also. Jeremiah chapter 40, verse number 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had let him go from Ramah, where he had taken him, being bound in chains among all that were carried away captive of Jerusalem and Judah, which were carried away captive unto Babylon. And the captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said unto him, The Lord thy God hath pronounced this evil upon this place. Now the Lord hath brought it, hath brought it and done according as he had said, because ye have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed his voice, therefore this thing is come upon you. And now behold, I loose thee this day from the chains which, the chains which are upon thy hand, if it seem good unto thee to continue with me into Babylon, come, and I will look unto thee. But if not, if it seem ill unto thee to come with me into Babylon, forbear. Uh, behold, all the land is before thee, whether it seemeth good and convenient for thee to go. And then uh, in verse number uh, 5, in the latter part there, he says, So the captain of the guard gave him victuals and a reward and let him go. Lord, we thank you for the time together this evening. Our prayer is that you would lead and guide uh, in this uh, time around your word, that you would open our hearts and make us receptive to your word. Might we learn something that can be applied to our lives today where we are here in 2022. And uh, Lord, just pray that you would use your word in our lives and our hearts. I pray to God that you'd be miss with Miss Pam as she's made uh, this decision to retire, I pray that as her sending church, we would love her and encourage her and that we'd be there to be her strength and help uh, during this time to lift her up and encourage her. And uh, Lord, we pray that other churches would stay uh, by the stuff and continue to support her through this time. And Lord, that you might be honored and glorified through that. Thank you for our time together tonight. We love you and we ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. And so... Uh, we start here, our first point is the release, uh, chapter 40, verses 1 through 6. And it always kind of takes me off guard as I've read through this several times, developing uh, this message. It always kind of takes me uh, off guard how that there in verse number 2, he says, The Lord thy God hath pronounced this evil upon this place. And I think about America and our relationship to God and where we are as a nation tonight. And I can't help but think about how that... God has to look at us and say, I'm going to pronounce evil against you because of what you have lacked to do in comparison to me and what you've lacked to do in telling others about Christ and what you've lacked to do in spreading the gospel and what you've lacked to do in remaining a love for the Lord. And so we could say, so what should we do, preacher? 
uh, here our nation hasn't been following after God. Well, I believe it just takes one. And I think that it could take one church or it could take several members in a church. And would it be that we could be one of those churches that would God would look down and he would say, these people are serious about getting my attention. These people are serious about praying for their country. These people are serious about seeing souls one to me. These people are serious about their walk with me and the impact that it can have upon their lives and the lives of their children and the lives of the community in which they live, the lives of the state in which they are a part of and then a nation. And I think it's just so important that we realize that we need to be sold out to God and continue to walk with him. And then as we come to the end of verse number five there, where the captain of the guard gave him victuals and a reward and let him go. And so here this whole time, these last several chapters, Jeremiah's been pronouncing this judgment. This is what's going to come. This is what's going to happen to the nation. You need to be ready. You need to submit. You need to give in. You need to follow God. You need to go to Babylon. You need to do these things. And yet there's been a, a brush of people, a group of people that have stood up and they've rebelled. The king rebelled and, and many of leadership rebelled. And it cost them dearly to rebel. And here they had taken Jeremiah and they'd locked him in chains and they'd put him in a, in a prison. Then when uh, Babylon came in, they brought him out of the prison and now they've taken him all the way to Babylon just outside the gate. Uh, this guy who's in charge goes to Jeremiah and he says, look, you can choose what you want to do. As the captain of the guard, we're going to give you food, victuals, and a reward. They gave him some money and they let him go and said, you go wherever God wants you to go. You, you're free to go to do whatever God would have you to do. You can come in with me in the Babylon. I'll see that you're taken care of. If you want to go to another place, if there's another group, of um, uh, Jews that you want to go be a part of, then you're free to go. It's just kind of amazing how God provides for his man, how God provides for his people. Brings us to our second point, and that is the reassurance. The reassurance, chapter 40, verses 7 through 10. Now when all the captains of the forces which were in the fields, even uh, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had made Gilead the son of of Achem, uh, governor in the land, and had committed unto him men and women and children of the poor of the land, of them that were not carried away captive to Babylon. And so we see there's a, a reassurance that's coming here. Uh, they, they've heard the word. They've heard that uh, there's been a man placed uh, in, in a position of authority. So that gives us a concern here, uh, letter A, uh, verses 7 and 8, the Jewish military men met with this uh, Gidela and uh, newly appointed Jewish governor over Judah to determine what his policies were going to be, to determine if it was going to be hurtful or helpful to those uh, that were left in the area there. And then there was a confidence given in verses 9 through 10 where he makes promises of a safe and prosperous reign. And so there's a confidence there knowing that God has his hand even in the midst of this turmoil in the midst of them losing their country, in the midst of all this, God is still going to watch out for his people. And the third thing we find is the return. The return. This is verses 11 and 12. And upon hearing this, many exiled Jews returned 
to Judah. And so uh, verse number 11 said, Likewise, when all the Jews that were in Moab and among the Amorites and in Edom and that were in all the countries heard that the king of Babylon had left the remnant of Judah and that he had set them over uh, Jedalah, the son of Ancom, of the son of Shapan, even all the Jews returned out of all the places whether they were driven and came to the land of Judah. And so they, they were gathering back. They were encouraged about what they heard. They were encouraged about how God was uh, providing for them. They're going to come back and fulfill that land. That leads us to our fourth point, which is the report. The report. Still chapter 40, verses 13 through 16. Johanan, a leading a Jewish soldier, a sh- soldier, sorry, got to get my H out of there and the O in the right place. The leading Jewish soldier, boy, once it gets in there, it just won't come out, will it, Brother Steve? It just, it just happens. And so uh, here we are. Uh, he's the leading uh, soldier here, and he's uh, leading the people. Uh, he's given a special warning. Uh, in verse number 15, then Johanan, the son of Kareth, spoke unto uh, Gildal the Mespath secretly, saying, Let me go, I pray thee, and I will slay the Ishmael, the son of Natalan, and no man shall know it. Wherefore should he slay thee, that all the Jews which are gathered unto thee should be scattered, and the remnant in Judah perish? And so he's offering to go and to kill uh, Ishmael, uh, he was another soldier. Uh, he was willing to go and do that. Um, but Gil now there, he refuses uh, to believe the report, and therefore he doesn't allow him to go and to kill the guy. And so now it brings us to the rebellion. This is point five. Uh, it's chapter 41 through 1 through 10. 41, 1 through 10. <clears throat> so there's the rebellion. This is Johanan's warning is soon tragically fulfilled. He tried to warn the guy that uh, this Ishmael was going to try to overthrow uh, the, the land, and sure enough, he sets out to overthrow the land. Uh, in verse number uh, 2, it says, Then arose Ishmael, uh, the son of Naphtal, and ten men that were with him, and smote Jildala, the son of Achan, the son of Shaphan, with the sword, and slew him, who the king of Babylon made governor over the land, Ishmael also slew all the Jews that were with him, even with Gildal and Mizpath and the Chaldeans that were found there and the men of war. And it came to pass the second day after he had slain uh, Judalah that no man knew it, that there came, there came certain from Shechem, from Shiloh, and from Samaria, even fourscore men, having their beards shaven and their clothes rent, having cut themselves with offerings and incense in their hand, to bring them to the house of the Lord. And Ishmael, the son of Niphthah, went forth to Mizpah to meet them, weeping all along the way as he went. And it came to pass, as he met them, he said to them, Come <coughs> to Jedala, the son of Achim. And it was so, when they came into the midst of the city, that Ishmael, the son of Nephthalim, slew them and cast them into the midst of the pit, he and the men that were with him. And so we see that uh, he has nothing, no good intentions here. He's there to overthrow. Uh, he's killed the uh, leader who's been placed there from uh, Babylon, and he's killing everybody else who comes in sight. And so he assassinates and kills 70 worshipers, 
in verses 4 through 9, throws their bodies into a cistern. Uh, he enslaves many of Judah's leading women in verse number 10 and starts back to the land of Ammon. And so that leads us to point six, the rescue. This is chapter 41, 11 through 18. And Johanna's soldiers defeat Ishmael's band and free the captives. It says, but when Johan, the son of Karin, and all the captains of the force that were with him heard of all the evil that Ishmael, the son of Nathalan, had done, then they took all men and went to fight with Ishmael, the son of Nathalan, and found him by the waters that were in Gibeon. <coughs> now it came to pass that when all the people that were with Ishmael saw Johan, the son of Kareth, and all the captains of the forces that were with him, then they were glad, and all the people that Ishmael had carried away captive from Mizpah cast away and returned and went unto Johan, the son of Kareth, and Ishmael, the son of Nathalan, escaped from Johanan with eight men and went to the Amorites. Then took Johanan, the son of Kareth, and all the men of the forces that were with him, all the remnant of the people whom he had uh, recovered from Ishmael, the son of Nathalan, and Mizpah, even after they had slain uh, Jehelon and the son of Ethcam, even mighty men of war and the women and children eunuchs whom he had brought again from Gibeon and they departed and dwelt in the habitation of Chimhan which was at Bethlehem to go to enter into Egypt because of the Chaldeans for, there, for they were afraid of them because Ishmael the son of Nathan had slain uh, Jehelon the son of Achim whom the king of Babylon made governor in the land and so uh, they've come to rescue those who had been taken. And now we have a request. This is point seven. Uh, this is chapter 42, one through six. And Johanan asked Jeremiah to pray concerning God's will in this matter. And uh, <clears throat> verse two, he says, And he said to Jeremiah the prophet, Let we beseech thee, our supplication be accepted before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God, even for all this remnant, for we are left but a few of many, as thine eyes do behold us, that the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we may walk, and the thing that we may do. Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words, and it shall come to pass that whatsoever thing the Lord shall answer you, I will declare it unto you. I will not keep nothing back. Then they said to Jeremiah, The Lord be true and faithful witness between us, if we do not even according to all the things for the which the Lord thy God has sent, us to, uh, sent thee to us. Whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God, to whom we send thee, and it, shall, and it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. <coughs> and so... Jeremiah prays for him, prays for wisdom, for Johanan to be able to follow the Lord's leading. And I think it's good for us as we're passing through here. Just remember every day we ought to start by asking God to lead our lives. Well, asking, you know, guide us to people today that we can share the gospel with. God, give me wisdom. You know the situations I'm going to face, decisions I might have to make. God, give me wisdom that I might know how to interact with people, that I might know how to... Uh, respond that I might be a Christian testimony in this world in which we live. That leads us to our last point, point number eight, the reply. This is verses 7 through 22. 
and says, after 10 days, Jeremiah announces God's twofold will in this matter. And uh, the first part was to remain in Judah and live. That's verses 7 through 12. They were not to fear the king of Babylon any longer. They were to remain in Judah and live because they had sought to do right. God's going to bless them for that. And then after that, he says, retire to Egypt and die. Verses 13 through 22. They go to Egypt. All the bad things that have happened to them in Judah will follow them if they go. And so uh, <clears throat> they remain in Judah. God blesses them not to fear the king. If, they're, if they leave, they, if they retire to Egypt, they're going to die. And uh, so it's a, a judgment that's going to be passed. And so Jeremiah uh, is freed. Uh, that was the title, by the way. Jeremiah is freed. And uh, he is able to help uh, the others that have been uh, freed during that time also and give leadership to them uh, in the days that they face uh, in this captivity. Lord, we love you tonight and we thank you so much for your many blessings to us. I pray that as we live in these days and we see the things that are going on around us, that we might seek you more. Just as Jeremiah, uh, Johanan had Jeremiah seek you for wisdom daily, Lord, might we seek you. Might we ask you for wisdom and leadership in our lives that we might faithfully live for you and to serve you. Might we faithfully be a witness and a testimony to those around us that need Jesus Christ. We thank you for your goodness and your love and for your word that we can study. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. You would go ahead and stand with me tonight. Jesus paid it all. If God spoke to your heart in any way, I'd encourage you to come. The altar is open. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength and it is mine.